0: Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ." This simple call from the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi is perhaps one of the most misunderstood passages of Scripture. On the one hand, it appears to be pretty simple and straightforward. Love God and love your neighbor. Check. Got that. And yet, as Paul goes on from the basic call, we realize that it runs much deeper what seems at first to be one of the simplest calls in scripture becomes one of the most difficult. Paul asserts that Jesus's life and ministry represents something so much more. He explains that Jesus, though in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself and took the form of a servant. Though he had the power of God at his fingertips, He didn't abuse that power, instead he gave it to others. He empowered others through radical acts of self-giving love. If we are to faithfully follow Paul's call, to let the same mind be in us that was in Christ, it will require us to approach life and each other with the same love and the same humility. Rather than exploiting power and privilege for our own purpose, we must retask it and express it in ways that love and serve our neighbors. As we are becoming increasingly aware of the role that privilege plays in inequality and the exploitation of others, this becomes a powerful call. If we are truly to forge the beloved community that Jesus calls us to reflect, It will mean shedding every bit of power, privilege, and entitlement that would separate us one from another. Our scripture reading comes to us once again from Paul's letter uh, to the church in Philippi. Today we are in chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 13. If then there is any encouragement in Christ any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest. Just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for God's good pleasure. Let the church hear what the Spirit is saying. Friends, I would invite you to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You know, when you stop and think about it, it's obvious. All people are created equal in kind of an academic sense, removed from the distractions of the world. It is so easy for us to say that. It seems on its face obvious. Some would say it is a faithful view of the world. Some would say it is an enlightened response. But however you get there, the reality is in our best moments we would all, I would hope, we would all know that to be true. But the reality is we don't always live in our best moments. Even though our faith reminds us that the, the, the witness to Christ, his ministry in the world, was about breaking down barriers, Even though we know that Jesus made room for the outcast, that Jesus made room for the sojourner, that Jesus made room for the other, it's difficult out there to reconcile our experience with that aspiration. The founding documents of this country, the words, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all the language is all men, are created equal. The experiment of American democracy has been for the last nearly 250 years, we have tried to live more fully into this aspirational hope that we are all equal, that we have equal opportunity, that we have equal access to law, that we have equal place and equal standing the reality is is that fulfilling these aspirations is hard for us and in recent years we have seen with the the advent of social media we have seen more and more examples videos being taken of people who in their best moments might say well yeah all people are created equal but well some are more equal than others that somehow the rules don't apply to them, that they don't apply to me. We see is a horribly egregious acts of, of division and brokenness, ugly language, ugly sentiments that do more to divide than to build, move us away from our aspirations rather than toward them. And I don't think that there's any one of us that's immune to that sense of well today I'm more equal than others. This is the heart of what we talk about when we think about privilege. Yeah, I know that there's a speed limit on the road, but oh my gosh, I'm late. So I'm going to it's OK for me because I'm late to break the speed limit. Or we're in the, the, the supermarket, and we want to get into the 15 or items or fewer line, because all of the other lines are back into the aisles, and we're in a hurry. So we have 17 items in our basket, but you know, it's OK for us to. You get the idea? Privilege is something that is a slippery slope for us. It's, it's easy for us to fall into the trap of privilege. Just this once. Well, just this once becomes just this twice, or maybe just this three times. And before long, privilege takes over. And it becomes a pattern. It becomes a, a habit, and it's 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 toxic. And privilege does not go away quickly or easily. It's like invasive. It's in, like in, invasive plants. They take hold, and before you know it, they're everywhere. In recent weeks, we have seen the 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 craven hypocrisy of privilege and power at work in so many places in our in our world and in, in our community. This sense that 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 I'm different, that because I am fill in the blank, because I am white, because I am rich, because I am privileged, because I went to the right school, because I am I'm entitled. Because I have power right now. I can do whatever I want. And I dare you to try and stop me. You know, there's something that's very infantile about this. That sense of how the 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 craven and cruel ways that hypocrisy and power are playing themselves out right now sound almost like schoolyard. Nah, 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 you can't stop me. I mean, I you almost hear that. It's it's frustrating and it's maddening, but it is the toxic fruit of privilege. When people in our midst, when we stand by and allow privilege to have free reign like that, where it's all about power and privilege feeding on each other, the more privilege we have the more power we want. The more power we want, the more privilege we gain. And it goes on and on and on and on until we reach a tipping point that often means the system itself breaks down. It's frustrating, it's maddening. It has ever been thus. Throughout our history, not only in this country, but the the history of the Western world, the history of civilization, the history of humanity, these stories of the effects of power and privilege fill volumes in library shelves. But friends, I'm here today to share with you a word, a hope, an encouragement, a call, that as people of faith today, no matter where we stand, no matter how privileged we may think we are, no matter how much we lament the power and the privilege that other people have, the word from our scripture today is that we don't have to sit by idly and just let it run its course. There is something we can do There is something that is required of us in this moment. I would even say there is something as as followers of Christ that is demanded of us today. You know, Jesus had his own um, issues of dealing with people who were in this power paradigm. Even amongst his 12 who sat with him, who listened to him, who witnessed what he did, Jesus' whole life as a counterpoint to law and power and empire. And yet, there were still those amongst his followers who would argue with each other about who would be the greatest. Who would be the greatest in the coming kingdom of God? Oh, and they started sniping at each other. And rather than coming in and picking sides, Jesus made it really clear that greatness was not about power or privilege. It was not sitting at one at Jesus' right hand and one at his other hand. Any within the kingdom of God who would seek to be the greatest must first be the servant of all. See, greatness was not in position or pedigree or privilege. True greatness, spiritual greatness, greatness within the human community was defined by those who would be servant to all. Not servant to the privileged, not servant to the church, not servant to a few, but servant to to all. And Paul reiterates this in his teaching in Philippians. Paul in a couple of weeks as we get more into Philippians we'll, 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 we'll wrestle with, we'll talk about how Paul saw his own privilege but suffice it to say right now that Paul by all of the measurements of his time, Paul was a privileged person Paul was a great person. And yet rather than resting on the laurels of somebody else's else's accounting of his greatness or adjudicating between squabbles in the Philippian church about who was great and who should be the leader, he says these simple words. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ let the same mind be in you let the same thought let the same view of the world let the same heart that was in Jesus be in you because Jesus though he was in the form of God did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited And the words that Paul uses are so very specific. He was in the form of God. He was equal to God, but he did not regard that equality as something to be exploited for his own gain or his followers' gain, but he emptied himself. He took the form of a servant. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ. Jesus, who had all the privilege in the world, shed that privilege, shed that pedigree, shed that perception to be a servant to all. Let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus. Friends, you see, this is why Jesus is great. This is why he goes on at the end of this, this, this poetic piece that becomes one of the very early hymns of the church. That at the name of Jesus, everybody's, you know, all the knees would bow in heaven and on earth and below the earth the greatness of Jesus' name. Why Jesus is our superhero. Why Jesus is our friend. It's not simply a matter that Jesus is the Son of God that he has the right pedigree, that he has the right privilege. Jesus' name is great today because he was servant to all. We get caught up in this image of the name of Jesus like it's a magic word, like it's hocus-pocus or abracadabra. The name of Jesus is the heart, the ethos of Jesus, to be servant of all. That's why Jesus is great. Paul says, let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus. You see, the antidote to toxic privilege toxic entitlement the antidote to what we see right now is to operate out of the same mind it's not just about going through the motions i mean it's easy to do the talk it's easy to mirror the actions but it's not just about the things that we say saying the right words or making the right actions, those two things, oh, they're they're lovely. But if we're going to be followers of Christ, if we're going to be faithful to this this name that we would hope for ourselves to be Christian, to be Christ-like, to be Christ-followers, then we must follow Paul's encouragement to let the same mind be in us that was in Jesus. To be a follower of Christ, to be a member of a church community, it's not, we don't identify with Jesus and or we, or we don't identify with the church as though we are part of some club with a secret handshake cloistered away in our little corner of the world with power and privilege and responsibility and rights. See, this call, too, is not not, not about being like somebody else. We don't compare ourselves to other people. We don't compare ourselves to other Christians. We don't compare ourselves to other faith traditions. We don't compare ourselves. We don't measure ourselves by anybody other than Christ who though in the form of God did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. We don't use our place here to prove our worthiness to anybody. But we seek to be servant of all. Friends, this is all the power We need to face what lies before us as individuals, as a community, as a nation, as a a world. In the face of all of the different crises that we see around pandemic and reckoning around race and global climate change. A broken politics The antidote to bring healing to our community is to let the same mind be in us that was in Jesus. I'm grateful, uh, Joanna, the, the reference that you made about groaning, that image from Paul of creation groaning, is is deep in my own heart and psyche and experience and friends let me just close by saying this that creation itself is groaning its waiting its longing for the children of God us For the children of God to come into our own. For the children of God to truly let the same mind be in us that was in Jesus. That the children of God would come into their own. And that the life and the hope and the possibility and the healing and the community that Jesus himself revealed would be seen and known in us and through us to a hungry and hurting world. Friends, let us this day, with all that might be causing anxiety and fear about our future, commit once again to let the same mind be in us that was in Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this sermon from Redlands First United Methodist Church. I hope you've been encouraged. If you are interested in being part of our worship experience during this time of physical separation, please join us at 9:30 a.m. Sunday specific time on our YouTube channel, Redlands First UMC. That's Redlands F I R S T U M C.